listen to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. There wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking back up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the work together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking back up under pressure, yeah, yeah. Thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Robertson, alongside our sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we ventured back into the studio for episode 431. Welcome back, everybody. Yeah, what's going on? Yes, sir, yes, sir. So what you been getting into this week? Uh, this week, I didn't get into much. I was just um, pretty much just playing Disgaea still, and then I was just watching some um, YouTube, different YouTube stuff. Caught a, a pretty good one-hour stand-up special by Dale, uh, Dale Elliott Jr. That was pretty good. Nice. And I was watching um a lot of different like Josh Johnson stuff. Like he's been he's been he's been having some pretty good uh stuff lately. He's been working. Yeah. I definitely see his clips and he's he's been prolific. Definitely in on the YouTube space. Yeah, yeah, I fuck with him. He's he's really funny. I like his I like his insights about shit and his delivery and he's really good about like being pretty insightful as well as just like like hitting you with the with like the the scenario. And then the insight and then the punchline are all wrapped up. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's super good about that. Nice. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, because he's definitely, he uh, he does a lot of uh, current event-based stand-up. Yeah. And so, yeah. He's really good about that, man. Like, fucking shit happens and he's, like, already on the road fucking ha- making a set about that shit. I really think that that's, that's kind of, like, a flex as a comedian. Because, like, that's, like, freestyling, like, on the current topic. Like... Just give me something off the top. Yeah, you know I mean, pretty like, much. Yeah, Tony cause... Baker does that too. Where like him and a lot of other comedians, when they do crowd work, like they'll just like they was like, all right, give me a topic, and then they'll fucking people just shout shit out, and then they have a they make up a joke about that shit. Yeah, I think that or original like joke writing. I think those are some of the like high end comedic uh, uh, skills that I think really show like okay, you're mastering your craft type shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because like. You know, you, you got your comedians like your Bernie Max and, and stuff like that that you know, they they did a lot of written stuff. Like their their written stand up was just immaculate. But then you got people who like keep it fresh. Yeah, you know I mean, I like that. I like that. That's a that's a a good aspect for comedy, I think. But um yeah, that's dope. Um how's this guy wrapping up? Are you in the post game? Yeah, yeah. That that shit's been pretty fun, man. Um I've been a uh, uh, f- finally actually able to make it to the max level of like 99,999 and shit. And I thought I thought I was gangster, but clearly I'd never made it to <laughs> Carnage mode before because nigga, I hit a wall that was so fucking thick, my nigga. I had to like hit the internet just to find out how to like um just just to find out how to navigate the post game Oof. and it turns out that yo i've been playing this guy all wrong like this entire Damn. fucking time bro but mainly because in this one there's two new uh features that they added that hasn't been in the previous games well not including six because i didn't play that one but they had it um the the hospital gotcha so mm. In in Disgaea, you always had the hospital, and um, which is just a cleric in your base, and she'll heal you for gold. And every time she heals a certain amount of uh, HP and MP, she will give you rewards for it. They switched it up in this one by like 
I guess refining the system and putting a lot more and a lot better rewards behind it. And um, so you can use the 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 gotcha system to get pretty much all the the best abilities you need for training are found in there. And they also have a lot of other unique abilities abilities that aren't tied to any character or a class. So those connect end up being pretty good. Anything from like boost elemental damage to total immunity to elemental damage. And like all the training, like every everything that you would train from weapon skill to class skill to mana to um, experience or gold, you have like a hundred percent increase, seventy five percent, forty percent, twenty percent, and ten percent. Everybody, everybody's classes comes with the standard ten percent. And I was running around with that shit, th- thinking I was, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, hmm. I got this. Rocking and then when I saw on the internet, niggas was like, yeah, you got to use all these ones. And I'm like, yo, nigga, how the fuck did you even get that? Mm-hmm. But that's because I wasn't using the new system that they set up. So that's it's actually pretty dope. It's a really good way to gear your characters because um, uh, the the default thing they give you is a bunch of gear. Um, uh, abilities they can you can give to your, your characters, gold, mana, um, experience, and even um, straight up stats, too. So... That ends up being really good, and that works in conjunction with the other new feature, which is the um, the juice bar, and <laughs> the juice bar. Uh, uh, so in in this guy previously, they used to have um, you can get experience, mana, and gold and shit like that from either defeating enemies. You can get them in treasure chests, or you can sometimes get them as bonus rewards at the end of a stage clear. And the thing with that one is usually only the people who were on the field in the battle would get those. Mm-hmm. Well, the juice bar makes that way more efficient where it just kind of collects it all in one area, and then you can just distribute that to any of your characters as at your leisure. Nice. And so when you do the um, the, uh, the hospital gotcha, you end up having a lot of those extra stats left over in your juice bar to actually end up refining your characters. And to actually even be ready for, for, um, for carnage mode, you got to, you got to, Give all of your characters at least ten million in their stats from the juice God, bar. God. You know what I'm saying? And it's like yo, even that wasn't enough, man. Like even even that wasn't enough. Like the the real way the to... numbers are in the sky are so superfluous. Yeah, <laughs> so large. They are for sure, but it's like there there's different levels to the challenges, right? It's like one of those things where like it, it's only that stuff is only there if you want to inter- interface with it. Like, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to play any of that game to... You don't have to do any of that stuff to really interact with the main game or get the 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 main experience that they want you to have. That stuff is just for, like... For flexing, essentially, at the end of when the game. When you get sweaty. Pretty much, you know what I'm saying? But I, I was able to get my main character all maxed out, and then I made an Elite Four, and I thought I was good. But then I realized like those characters were so strong that they couldn't be healed, but they could still be damaged by the enemies. Well, so I had to um, refine a healer. And then while I was at it, I also did a, a, a thief. And I'm probably going to make one other character, but everybody else is just going to stay normal. But in order to really max a character, you got um, you have to max all the classes. You have to master all the classes. And... The first time I did that on the main character, that shit took me, like, intermittently, like, maybe four days to complete that shit total. 
after I learned everything and unlocked Carnage Mode, nigga, I can do that shit on a character in like 35 minutes. What? And it was like, because like the Carnage Mode stuff just gives so much more experience because it's so much more difficult than the normal stuff. Like, case in point, in the normal mode difficulty, um, in this guy, there's a mode, there's a menu called the Cheat Shop. And in the Cheat Shop, it allows you to modify the different values of different things in the game to allow you to kind of cater to your leveling and, yeah, pretty much to cater your farming experience to whatever you want. So essentially, you can change, um, instead of getting mana, gold, uh, uh, class experience, weapon experience, all that stuff, you can set all that shit to zero and then set all of the 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 remaining points into experience. And I believe the maximum total you can get from dumping all your other stats is 940% increase in whatever the main stat is. So okay, yeah, you could definitely do some tuning. Yeah, so in addition to that, and there's also a difficulty slider. So you got like 20 stars, and the difficulty in all your resources and your gear and stuff scales all the way up to 20 times. Yo, max 20 stars on normal mode is not even, like, you can't even see zero star carnage mode from max star fucking uh, uh, regular mode. That, that The difficulty is that much, that much different. Like, I had to, like, if your characters aren't, if you haven't maxed a few of the, of the, so pretty much every time you max a class, it gives you a permanent, it gives you a permanent base stat increase to all of your stats. And when you max all of them, it totals up to a thousand. It totals up to a thousand total in all of your base stats. So at level one, your base stats will be a thousand plus whatever your base stats are, plus whatever points you've used in reincarnation. And you'd literally have to reincarnate like a hundred times to equate what you you would get from from those from maxing all your classes so it's not even comparable and yeah like that's when you actually start being able to go into carnage mode and even then the higher stuff ever been able to do is two stars on carnage mode because like (laughs) nigga the difference is so staunch like you'll go from one shotting everything in zero or one stars in carnage mode and then you bump that shit to two stars and all of a sudden you're doing like what used to overkill the enemies is now doing like maybe thirty percent damage to them, so it's 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 you start sweating. You're like, wait daunch. a second, yeah. Ooh, I expect that to do more. It, yo, it's so funny. Like, um, when I was unlocking the mode, uh, or uh, the uh, when I was unlocking the final chapter that you have to complete in order to unlock um Carnage mode, they um the story was like uh. uh Carnage mode is essentially a dimension where really strong demons go who are so powerful that they don't pass on. So they just end up like inhabiting some goofy looking body and training to get super strong. And so when you unlock that stage, they're like, hey, yo, the final boss was actually keeping us at bay this whole time. It's time for us to invade your realm. We're going to fuck y'all up. And here me, my dumb ass be like, man, I wish y'all niggas would. Y'all know I already reincarnated into level nine, nine max level. You know what I'm saying? I'm back, baby. I'm strong as fuck. Nigga, what? Yo, my main character did not make it out of this first attempt out of, like, the first Carnage Mode stage. Like, I had to bring in um, my other character that's, that wasn't as trained up at the time just to be able to survive, and we barely made it out of that bitch alive. Damn. Yeah. So that's when I was like, all right, now I got to actually start. That, that's when I had to start the Rocky montage for my main character and some of my other characters. But 
Can't let him do this to me again. You feel me? Now I got a pretty good team. The next thing to do is to start um, going after the items because there's still the item world to tackle and you can make perfect items and shit, which I'm not even remotely interested in. But I still want to make a decent amount of... I still want to make all my characters, or at least like the, the main character in the Elite Four, I, I want to make them some decent gear. So mm. I want to do some item world runs. And then that that'll probably be around when my my interest fizzled out. I'm, I want to see how far, I want to see how many stars into Carnage mode mode I can get. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Out of the max twenty stars, I want to see Good if I luck. can at least do five. Cause ugh, that shit is wild. I once accidentally left the stars on when I was um when I was training and I switched over to Carnage mode, and nigga, like all of their stats were like ninety nine million, and I was like, all right. <laughs> Mistakes were made. (laughs) All right, let me back out, reevaluate my life, and you know, say consider whether whether or not I want to attempt to ascend this mountain. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like uh, uh, it sounds like quite the laborious task to say the least. Uh, it doesn't feel like it. It's it's been pretty fun, man. I've been enjoying it quite a bit, and you know the and it's it's really the learning, I suppose, is like um. Learning how to use a lot of the new features that they implemented mm-hmm. is definitely made it a lot more. I think in the previous games, it definitely was. And that's probably why I never made it to max level in previous games, much less unlocked Carnage mode. But in this one, it's um, it's they, they've implemented a lot of... Uh, uh, with those two changes from the hospital, as well as the addition of the... The juice bar, they, they've made leveling and boosting your characters much, much, much easier than in the past. So, Or it could have just been that, just like this time, I didn't know what I was doing, and so I was doing it wildly <laughs> inefficiently. Like, I was doing shit like, all right, so I, I want to gain, I'll, I'll gain 70% mana, uh, 70% gold, uh, uh, like 100% of these other stats, maybe 30% weapon skill, because I don't really need that one too much. And then I'll put the rest into experience. They're like, no, nigga, what are you doing? Like, Mm -hmm. dub everything, train one thing at a time, completely max out. Like, I can get a character to max level in one run now. You know what I'm saying? And that was from from level zero. That used to be such an arduous fucking task. Like, just to get a character just past 500, much less past 5,000 into the other shit. But... With like um they, they um in this guy there's this thing called the assembly which is uh it's basically just like a little courthouse you go to you propose uh, upgrades you want for your character and a bun- and a demon assembly has to approve or deny it mm-hmm. and usually they deny it but there are ways you can either bribe them um before the battle starts to change their um their leaning so that they're much more likely to support your cause mm-hmm. or you could after you pass it and it failed you can bribe them. And just, or it's not bribing the throw. You just pay to have the build passed, or you just kill them niggas. And once you yeah. once you kill everybody who opposed the bill, the bill gets passed anyway. So strong arm. You feel me? So once you do like a a few of those things, you have a a lot of different ways to like bump up your characters, including uh, unique ability slots, which are the unique abilities usually like the keystone ability for each class. And so you gain up to four new ones, I believe. Yeah, you get get up to four new ones, so you can make a pretty fucking it's nice not like character. So much like we we've talked about this game so many times at this point, and it's like there's so much 
It's like there's always something new. Yeah, there is. There's a ton of stuff to do. And there's a bunch of characters that I haven't even fucking touched, man, because it's just like, oh, I can't get to you guys yet until until these guys are ready. But there's also the um the 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 characters you unlock after you beat the game. You unlock the the I wish you unlocked the true final boss. Mm-hmm. You unlock the first final boss that was just like, aha, I'm not really the final boss. I'm actually being controlled by the real final boss. So that guy, he looks pretty dope. He's like this fucking, um, he's the main character's dad, and he's like the the sword god demon or whatever. He's like the head swordsman leader of a dojo type shit. And he's he's pretty fucking fresh. He he was, yeah, he's got a special ability of some kind that whenever he attacks you, he makes it so that you lose your action, and that shit is that, brutal. That, that sounds And I was like, sounds rough. maybe it doesn't happen every turn. That's when I was trying to solo, like, um, after my main character had gotten well, well stronger than everybody else, you know, it started just being like, all right, he's just going to clear everything else. But, yeah, I, that's when I was like, no, no, it's not every turn, right? It, there's, there's, like, a cool down on that. Nope, if he hits you, you're not attacking that round. That That's... That's, that's just how that goes. I mean, you're not attacking next round. So I had to bring somebody out to use his bait just so that my main character would actually be able to fucking kill this nigga. And then there's another dude. You get to use him with that ability? He Yeah, I don't think he's unlockable. You can't unlock oh, that, that dude. The, oh, dude. That's the final phone guy. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the final, final boss. The, the other final boss, the fake final boss that you unlock, his super ability is like any attack... Uh, directed towards him for more than four panel, panels away always misses. So Yikes. that one... Dang, no range? You Dang. feel me? That one, it took me a little bit because I was like, why the fuck? Why can't I hit this nigga? What is going on? Like, well, nah, we trying to here, bro. nuke him down. Miss, come here, bro. Miss, miss. So yeah, there's some, there's nah, some pretty bro, cool see me in the streets. Yeah, pretty much he's like, yo, if you're... If hands, which makes sense, which makes sense now that I think about it because he's a... He's a fist user, so yeah, it makes yeah, complete and total the first sense. Thing you want to do, yeah, listen, if you fight in with with short range, first thing you want to do is nullify range. Attack. Feel me? He's like, come at me, you're bro. Sitting duck. You're <laughs> come a at sitting me, bro. fucking duck. You will not attack me for successfully outside of the range where I can bro. close the distance. Oh. And I mean, history tells us, up. man. Once they got range on you, it's a wrap. Feel me? But so, but yeah, you know what? As a boss, that's pretty good. You nullify your main weakness. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and then the fact that most people will be like poor at close range combat is in your favor. It's like, all right, I like playing these odds now. Yo, I made this fucking sick ass uh, evasion tank. So I found out really late that apparently the female ninjas are actually some of the best axe wielders in the game because they're naturally um, they're naturally evasive based on their their unique abilities as well as uh, their support abilities. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> they use uh, single target attacks like uh, uh, axes. They synergize really well. They actually have a pretty good um, axe proficiency stat. So I made one that has like, she is fucking sick. Because w- once you unlock a character, you can then um, turn any of their abilities into scrolls and then teach that to other people. So once I unlocked that dude, I pretty much made this crazy tank. Like, if you her evasion moves based on increases based on tiles she moves. If she's attacked from melee range, she has fifty percent evasion. If she's attacked from the front, she has thirty percent increased evasion. If you attack her from more than four panels away, 
She's guaranteed to evade. Every time she evades, her stats get increased. Every time she hits you, she decreases your hit. I was like, yo, yo. That's the synergistic kit right there. You feel me? I was like, yo, she's just going to walk up into the enemy team and just like, can't touch this, can't touch this, can't touch this. I'm dancing. You feel me? So yeah, it, it, there's some pretty cool builds and shit in the in this I do game. A lot. I do like me a good uh, evasion DPS. Yo, she's she's super cool. The unfortunate thing though is like um her moves, the female ninja's moves, or at least the special moves from the kit, aren't as good as I would have liked them to be. Especially because their damage types are all fucking weird. So. Usually, female ninjas use, like, primarily fists or swords. Yeah. Swords weapon scales off attack, and fists scale off speed and hit. And so they have moves that do shit like scale off attack and hit, or scale off speed and hit, or some shit like that. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, Yo, why do you have abilities that scale off shit that my, this character doesn't specialize in? And so, it's just, like you balance them. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah, I guess that that's their little way of throwing throwing that in there. But overall, it's it's been pretty fun, especially because as you unlock the the characters, they get more ability slots, so you get to make better builds. And so once I get the team locked down, I'm I'm really excited to actually start going through Carnage mode and actually checking shit out because I've only actually beaten three of the main stages in Carnage mode. The rest has just been the actual training stages. So, once yeah. everybody's ready. It looks like they, they loaded up on that post-game content there. Yeah, definitely. And deal, and and this guy is notorious for dropping DLCs. There's already a, um, a ton of DLCs out, but they're just character packs, essentially. And, I mean, there, there aren't too many characters that I'm, like, super, super excited to get, especially because, you know, the, 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 the characters from this game are actually pretty dope already, so... Mm-hmm. I'm not super eager to get any of the other characters. I did get a handful of them, especially because some of them have some really good I mean, It sounds like there's a lot of characters in this game. There are, yeah. I, I think the main cast, including the ones you get at the end of the game, I think there's probably about somewhere between 9 and 11 of them, I want to say, between like 9 or 12 okay. in the main cast. And then each DLC gives you three characters, and there's like seven DLCs or some shit like that. And then wow, that's a lot. There are forty-one different. There are forty different uh, uh, character types that you can actually make from like 20, 20 humans and twenty monsters. So there's a lot of different variety that you can make, and especially mix and match once you start unlocking their abilities and shit. So it's been pretty fun. Hmm. It's dope. That's dope. Yeah, man. So um, I got to actually um watch the Vince Staples show. Nice. Which. I had been keeping my eye out for it. He had been doing um, some promotion for it. So he had it. It was definitely on my radar. And man, it was a fun little ride, man. It's not very long. It's five episodes, about just under two hours. Is it a sitcom? No. No, I wouldn't say it's like a sitcom format. No, it's more of like, um, well, you know, it's funny because the tag they put on it is dramedy. And... I think that it's a fake word, but it's a very, very uh, descriptive one. It hit it right <laughs> on the head because it's it's more of a drama. It's it's just like things that you know happens to a, you know a hood Long Beach nigga, but they absolutely are funny because the situations can be can be framed that way. And 
the storytelling is really, really interesting. Um, he's one of the uh, he's credited as a writer on it, so you know it's heavily influenced <laughs> by by his creative design. You know, I don't know how autobiographical it is. I don't think it's meant to be. Well, okay. If, I'm, if I say I don't think it's meant to be autobiographical, that's that takes into account that when he gets arrested, his name is Vince Staples, and they're all listening to his music that he made in the real world. <laughs> that could have happened. Yeah, but I mean, you know what I mean? Like... But it's more likely it's just inspired by events in his yeah, real life. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's it's a it's it's a hundred percent fiction. I'm pretty sure. You know what I mean. But it's it's he plays himself in a fictional world, kind of like um, you know, I, what other shows have you seen? Like um, didn't Damon Wayans uh, Jr. do that, or Damon Wayans um have like a sitcom show where he played kind of like a retired guy who was like. In his same life role, uh, I think another one. The one with Tisha Campbell, you talking about? Yeah, yeah. What was that? On the family or something? I think so. I've never watched it, so I'm not too familiar. But, yeah, but I know like, the one you're talking about. You know what I mean? Like, I, yes, he plays Vince Staples, who is a rapper in Long Beach. But the scenarios, I'm I'm pretty sure are all fake. You know what I mean? Like, and and not you know no major spoilers but minor spoilers like i'm pretty sure he didn't walk into a bank that was getting robbed you know what i mean like that scenario was probably figmented you know but nonetheless uh uh yeah it's really funny man really creatively done all of the storylines have ridiculous twists in them the characters uh, are that shows uh my wife and kids. Is my wife and kids. I'm sorry, did I call it All in the Family? Wrong show. Um, but yeah, that's the one I was talking about. Uh, my wife and kids. But uh, that was Damon Wayans, right? Yeah, Damon yeah. Wayans and uh, uh, Tisha Cole and uh, Tisha Campbell. Tisha Campbell, yeah, and this one says um, uh, uh, Parker McKenna and Jazz Ray Cole. Yeah, you know, and and. and and not for nothing, I actually kind of enjoyed that show. <laughs> it was on, you know, in terms of sitcoms, it was definitely not, like, the worst of them. But, um, yeah, oh, the Vince Staples show, man, cr- like, ah, I definitely don't want to spoil it because, like, some of the, like, scenarios, as they pop up, you're just like, what in the world? Oh, <laughs> goddamn. Well, then, now, wow, that hat, okay. It's, it's, it's one of those. They're, every episode is a ride. Um, just there's and 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 there's something to be said about the the charisma of these like very uh kind of like like almost antisocial street niggas. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like Vince Staples, like he's likable, but he's not amenable. Like, then he, you know, he's always like he don't like kids. <laughs> He like he take he he likes watching people get beat up. Yeah, you know I mean? like like he's he's got a lot of things about him. I was like, yo, Vince, man, what up with you? But that doesn't speak to the fact that one of his major goals is he wants to you know start a a healthy cereal breakfast food brand for kids. In the hood, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like oh, just really really interesting. Like and and. In terms of why I, I appreciate the story, like there's an internal storyline to every episode, and then there's the overarching storyline 
that that is being carried throughout the the, the five episodes like yo man niggas is smart bro like that's what i'm saying niggas be talented like this is the kind of thing that like i think that if it, it's it's almost dramatic on the level of something like a gosh and 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 i hope that you actually watch it so that you could understand what i mean but it's like it's dramatic on the level of like a true detective yeah you know i mean like it gets yeah. dark yeah you know i mean it, it it's like it, it the storytelling is on that level of depth because True Detective have a very deep storyline that had very many layers happening at the same time. All, all while being a dramatic comedy. You know what I mean? Overall, carrying the 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 comedic uh, uh, element throughout. Like really, and the characters. I love the characters. Like his mom is a trip. His girl is a trip. Like it's just the the entire structure of it. I thought was really well done. Um. Yeah, dude. Vince Staples show, man. This his first Netflix joint. Um, big hit. I think that it's a solid eight. I think people should watch it. Um, definitely show the support for the Long Beach homie. You know what I mean? Like, definitely, like, I I, I love to see it. And, and, and not for nothing, you know, uh, Schoolboy Q got his album dropping March 1st. Uh, Blue Lips, that shit's look, sounding like it's coming together real nice. His promo run has been dope. Um, yeah, dude, the, the, these uh, Southern California uh, entrepreneurs are, are, are really doing their thing thing, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, dude, very much enjoyed the Vince Staples show. Uh, I, hope th- I hope that he gets the opportunity to do more with them because I would, I would watch more of that, no problem. No problem, bro. Like, it's, it's a shame that they didn't schedule him for more. You know what I mean? Like, because those five episodes, boy, just they went by like that. <laughs> and um, yeah, dude. And that last episode was crazy, bro. Like, yeah, like the show is really good. Um, I, 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 I reserve talking any deeper about it until maybe you've you've checked it out. Only because if you do, I want you to get to to check that out fresh. Because um, kind of like that. That's the part of the enjoyment factor of the show is like. Seeing how he um engages with some of these um situations, and the interesting ways that um he gets out of them without you know what I mean like you know he goes through all of this shit and and for the most part he's relatively unscathed yeah you know I mean like he makes it back home yeah you know I mean like shit <laughs> yeah you know I mean like I, I love that uh that kind of. So when you like when you said is is it a sitcom I was like no but it has this kind of you know what I mean um reoccurring situation where he goes out in the morning to do something just very inane and he gets back and then he sits down with his girl and's like hey so how was your day he's like nah, I was good and then ain't nothing happened you know what I mean like so it's, it's like and that's the kind of thing you've seen in sitcom you know what I mean? you know um yeah that kind of reoccurring scene but yeah. Kind of reminds me of like um, <clears throat> they clone Tyrone vibes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, something that is comedic on the face of it, but has a lot of deep undertones. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, um, but yeah, no, nah, I'm not gonna. I'm not even. Gonna, I'm, not, I'm not even gonna violate it because like I was, I was just about to go into one of these <laughs> scenes. I was like, nah, nigga, you can. If you if you go there, then that scene is spoiled. But yeah, so um. Yeah, it's got it's got tons of of it, 
He's got tons of things to say about stuff. It doesn't get overly preachy. You know what I mean? It's mostly just subtext in the scenes. But yeah, for the most part, yeah. The Vince Staples show, great, big success in my opinion. Definitely hope that that gets picked up for more. But um, no Netflix, that shit will be canceled immediately. Um, yeah, because only because Netflix, standards. and that's only to say that Netflix cancels very successful shows um, very frequently. You know what I mean? Not to say that it should get canceled. That was a joke, but um, yeah, definitely Vince Staples shows worth a a, a patronage. Yeah, let's go ahead and jump into some of these here topics, man. Um, bro, at the top of the hour, I definitely want to motherfucking talk about um something that's come across the feed more recently because let me tell you, bro, um it's getting to the place where on the internet, like I assume you have to assume everything is fake on the internet. You just have to. You know what I mean? Um, it started out with like bad journalism and just like fake news. People just making shit up. You know what I mean? You know, you couldn't trust the infographics you see on the internet. <laughs> it's like whatever, okay, that's cool. I just won't trust anything until I can corroborate it. Got it. That's fine. You know what I mean? Like I'll see something salacious, be like, oh shit. Let me try to corroborate it. Oh, it's fake. All right, cool. You know what I mean? Like, got it. And then it was like, man. These niggas photoshopping all the pictures, bro. Like, you can't trust none of these pictures. Yep. And then they were like, yeah, you can't trust none of the audio either. And it's like, damn it, dude. Like, it was it was like, damn, you know, I can't trust the news articles, but if they got video of it, if they got if they got if they got audio evidence, then or if they have video, you know, picture evidence of it, you know, you can't really refute that. You know what I mean? And it was like, Nope, they can fake that too. And now OpenAI has announced its beta project for its uh, natural language prompt AI video generating software called Sora. And the beta tests, the worst part is, is like the beta tests, as bad as they are, look amazing. And it is, it's getting to the point where you're going to just, you can't trust video of anything. It, they, it was bad enough when they were staging the videos. You know what I mean? Like when they were doing like trauma porn and fucking staging acts and then saying, look what happened. And it was like, no, 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 no. That was actually staged from another production. Like, don't do that. You know, now the AI is creating extremely realistic facsimiles. And, like, some of the prompts look really good. Like, they did one of this um, stylish Asian woman walking down the Tokyo street. That shit looked super dope. And, like, really, um, somebody, uh, I think it was Marquez Brownlee, brought up a great point that it's going to kill the stock, stock video and stock photography industry. Those things are shot. Not when you can just pay a subscription and, and use a prompt to generate your, your stock image. And so there's a lot of things that I think that need to be really parsed out before or 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 just thought deeply about before we, we delve too deep into this AI generation. The AI generation generation, I guess. <laughs> but um 
whatever we do when it comes to val the uh the the value proposition from AI interactions, we have to ensure that it includes compensation for the data set. We can't continue to look at the data set as just an amalgamation of images and videos and texts written by people without acknowledging that these people are being scraped for money. You know, I, I think that it's going to be super important just for the digital age overall as we move more and more into it. It's important that we don't separate because that's the only way to find equity because the people who are governing these these AI generation algorithms and programs and databases are making increasingly more and more money. And we're never going to get, like, regulation or, you know what I mean? Like, real, like, like uh, equitable distribution of, of the, the uh, value of what's being generated. And so we have to, as hopefully consumers, impress upon the industry that we, we would like that the data sets be compensated. Because those data sets are comprised of real people's works. You know what I mean? And that's the part that I think that a lot of people don't get uh, about generative AI in all of its forms, whether it's text, speech, images, movies, videos, um, is that it is, it is ultimately the conglomeration of other people's work. That's first and foremost. It's a conglomeration of other people's work. But also, there's a part that's missing that a lot of people don't understand is that these generative AI algorithms generate hundreds of thousands of results, typically for any single query. And then there's a fucking human. There's a human on all of those queries picking the best result of all of those. That was the big scandal when they found out that there was data centers in Nigeria that were just running slave labor and all these kids were doing on these computers were just validating AI results. You know what I mean? And and they didn't even speak the, the language. At the time they were they were scraping um text uh uh entries for for responses and they didn't even speak the language. They just recognized what the the correct structure was. And we're like, that's close enough. You know what I mean? And so, you know, let's A, try to get away from the model where these AI uh, algorithms are just, you know, feeding into data centers for people to then conglomerate responses. Like, we don't want that. And we also want the people. And, and, and so when I say, like, I hope that these uh, AI generative um, platforms work the price the actual price you know what i mean like don't try to artificially lower the price to get people interested in it the way that companies like to do you know what i mean and operate at a loss just to get people hooked on it and then start to to pile on like oh well you know we were just using a lot of externalities before but now we got to actually start turning some kind of profit and we can't scam and so we need to actually start making money, but we got this user base here that's ripe to start paying. 
You know what I mean? Like, let's not encourage that model. We see that that's a very popular model in 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 our current financial or or economic system. Let's not encourage them to use that because let me tell you, AI man is especially in in a situation where so much of the work is service related. Um, AI is going to change our economies fundamentally as it starts to cover more and more. And the worst part is, it, it sucks. It's like, what did the artists do to be the first ones on the chopping block? You know what I mean? Like, we always thought that automation was going to push out, like, the the labor workers, and they were going to be the first ones to to start losing jobs in the AI um, 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 revolution. Nope. Artists that were making things that we all fucking loved, they're the first ones who are going to get the shit end of the stick on this. Ain't that a bitch? Ain't that a bitch? Like... I, and it, it, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many industries that could, you know, that that are that are organized and could, you know, you know, deal with the shock of this technology and really do something about it and and set precedents and set it up. But no, it's gonna hit one of the the most prolific but unorganized industries that we have on all fronts in rapid succession. It's like, damn, dude. It's it's gonna be rough to get paid as an artist soon. You know what I mean? And it's gonna suck because there's like there's so many celebrity artists that people are not gonna realize that the vast majority of artists are are like struggling. Like hard. You know what I mean? And so that's why when um like Marquez Brownlee brings up that like, oh yeah, now stock photographers and stock stock videographers. That's just going to be a hit to their market. It's like, ooh, that is a huge, huge moneymaker for, like, professionals in that industry to to have, like, a, a consistent income. You know what I mean? Because it's so hard to create consistent streams of income as an artist. You know? So, I, I don't know. I think those are all things that we should probably be thinking very deeply about as we, these technologies just expand and become more prolific. You know what I mean? Um, I it really bothers me that now we've literally we've literally gotten to the point where you can't trust anything on the internet without multiple credible so uh, 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 sources. There's no there's nothing you can see on the internet that in and of itself can be a primary source of information. Cause there there was a time where like yeah you know I got the I I have the the filters up for a lot of shit you know especially shit that's in text things that people write that's obvious but like pictures and videos and audio boom those are gonna be primary sources that we trust and we that that when I have those I can start to build ideas and 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 opinions off of and we can't do that anymore. We can't do any to do that anymore, and it might sound like I'm saying that prematurely, but bro, have have you seen any of the um the videos generated by Sora yet? No, but um, I've seen technology like that like as probably as early as a year and a half ago. So stuff like that, it's I it's moving along as as I expected to. In yeah, pretty much it, it, this it's, point. it's um it's definitely bridging the uncanny valley. It's bridging the uncanny uncanny valley for sure because 
it's funny because you know they they talk about like one of the first AI prompted uh videos that were generated by um like user prompts and it was like Will Smith eating spaghetti that was the prompt and boy it looks it's a it's it's a belly chuckle every time every time and it's so funny because everyone who talks about this brings it up and I keep seeing that image and I'm like I, why do I laugh every time I see that shit but anyway it looks atrocious but when you see what Sora is generating now, yeah. Yes. And progressing along that line, um, yeah, very quickly. Very quickly. And and um, I hope that people think m- more deeply than like, oh, look, fun, fun, fun uh, 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 video uh, generation because... You know, we saw what they started doing with Mid Journey very shortly after its launch. You know, it's turned into a, a a revenge porn situation. You know, like let let let's let's try to head off some of these ills before. Let's not go too crazy with it. Let's view it for what it is, and also let's take seriously the ramifications it has on multiple industries. You know, um, I know artists are very they're not typically on top of that kind of foresight. Like they're more interested in thinking of how they can use this creatively more so than like how this can affect their ability to create their own livelihood into the future. But um, I think that they should think very deeply about that because corporations are absolutely, absolutely, because the thing is, is like, and 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 a lot of corporate design is so simple and clean and 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 uh, regimented that it's going to be easy for them to like start cutting out graphic designers. Now we got an AI who and 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 the AI understands what we want better than trying to verbally explain to a graphic designer what we want out of the design. We're getting very close to that time, you know. And so there's just a lot of industries that are going to be impacted by this on the ground level. You know what I mean? Printing industry. So if even though the printing industry is the one that's, I don't know, I don't know how much longer it is for this world because everything's going digital, but um, that whole industry is going to change drastically with AI. You know, so um, yeah, you know, like I'm impressed. I've said how much I I would love for AI to be a good tool. Um, we got to be careful because once it gets sentient, we're going to have to get that bitch right. But uh, <laughs> on a more serious note, I don't want it to be used irresponsibly in such a way that destroys large sections of our economy because our economy is so difficult to be productive outside of the corporate structure already. You know, so... I don't think that would be an overall benefit to anybody if we if we let this this um, AI phenomenon run amok, because given the people who are in control of it, they're more than willing to. They're more than happy to let that shit fucking just uh, uh, they call themselves disruptors. These technology guys, these techno files and and and, and tech gurus. And and 
you know, as somebody who believes in revolutionary thought, I take very seriously the kind of destruction that happens to change something that is institutionalized and big and involved with a lot of human beings. And so I feel like a lot of these tech guys don't take seriously the destruction that comes to revolutionize something. And so when you destroy or you shake up some of these industries, you're affecting a lot of people's lives. And I don't think that they take the proper care. You know what I mean? They just release this shit into the wild. It's like, listen, Godzilla's going to Godzilla. So y'all niggas could either get out the way or, you, you know what I mean? Figure out the, you know, whatever you could do in the, in the interim. But it's like, nah, we, we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't do that. We should, we should, um, this is something of our own creation. You know, these, these, um, these technologies exist in a regulatory framework that we can utilize to make sure that this doesn't have the worst impact. And it actually doesn't, I mean, we got the tools, the regulatory tools now. We would just have to have the political will to exercise them, you know? But yeah. Anyway. That was a pretty big one, though. I think that there's going to be a ton more to talk about with Sora coming up. I think that um, I think that uh, we've only seen the tip of the iceberg, and the tip of the iceberg, it, it boy, let me tell you, it looked that those videos were impressive. They were impressive, but yeah, um, yeah, definitely check some out if you can. Um. I found them highly entertaining, to say the least. And every time that fucking video of Will Smith eating spaghetti came up, boy, I just I couldn't help but let our little belly chuckle. But um, hey man, we gotta be careful. People have gotten slapped for less. <laughs> Dead, yo, if Will Smith slapped the shit out of somebody who out of the person who made the Will Smith eating spaghetti prompt, that'd be wild, bro. But yo, get this man some help. Get this man some help, no, Jack. But um, that would be a funny. He's gotta smack skit. people in all his movies from now on. It would be a great. It would be a great skit. Like it was funny. Um, there's a a TikTok um influencer named uh, Jordan who does. He he he's a young guy, but he looks older. But um, he just does like explanatory shit. Like um, he used to explain like all of the recipes that are to to make uh fast food at home. In a more healthy way, like it was, it was really um, an interesting uh, channel he had. But he looks—he's twenty-six and he looks like an older Method Man. And so he did a little crossover and he got Method Man on the promo. And I was like, "Yo, kind of dope." That's a, that, <laughs> there's some synergy there, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, sorry, I don't even know how I got on that. But um, it's good marketing. Yeah, it is. It's uh. I, I was I was genuinely impressed. I was like, "Damn, bro! Like, first of all, you're making enough on TikTok to get to do a promo plug for Method Man." Because I'm pretty sure you just paid him. Yeah, you know I mean, like, it's not impossible to get Method Man to show up for a promotional shoot. Like, it's part. It's what he does as a celebrity. You know what I mean? But yeah, to see my man's like off of TikTok making bread to 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 get those kind of plugs. Okay, do your thing. But um. Now, moving on from that. No, um, so did you see Jon Stewart has returned to The Daily Show? I did not. I've never really been a Daily Show watcher myself, so it was never something I was keeping 
abreast ah, of. Okay. So I was a big Daily Show fan when Jon Stewart originally kicked it off. You know what I mean? Like, I really loved what he was doing. He had Steve Carell on it at one point, Steve Colbert, um, John Oliver, Roy Wood Jr., um, Jordan Klepper. Like, the staff, the, he had a great body of people. And I'm sorry, I just named all the dudes and none of the women, but... <laughs> it's just, it's just, I'm brain farting right now. But um, Samantha, she was on there. Samantha, um, she was really good. Amber Rufin is on there. I'm not sure if she was there during the John Oliver days, but um, yeah, yeah, uh, just you know, great cast. But I'm um, John Oliver, the John Stewart days. Um, but yeah, no, I was a huge fan of of The Daily Show when John Stewart was on there. And then, you know, he got um, Trevor Noah on there who, I, I you know, I like a lot of Trevor Noah's stuff outside of The Daily Show. Um, I don't think that he made a good transition into The Daily Show. Uh, I think he failed at really capturing the spirit of what John was doing. Um, because, like, you know, and, and, you know, I think really what the difference in the style was is that um, there's a difference between satire and roasting. You can satire a, a, a political situation and do so, you know, with tact and, and, and comedy. But, you know, Trevor Noah was a roast comedian. That's what he did. That's where that was his roots. That's what he was hired from. And so he just went in there and attempted to, you know, do political roasts. Which I don't think that's not the spirit of what John was doing. You know what I mean? Um, the spirit of what John was doing was critical comedic analysis of of the utter debacle that is the American political system. And um I really appreciate that. Like it's so stark. Like the the show has, has changed in timber and just in you know, you can watch uh, a John Stewart monologue versus, you know, any of the other people who are attempting to to host, and it's so clear, like, so few people get the 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 bipartisan satire that goes on in this, and and it's funny because like, you know, he's back on the air, he's doing his thing, killed it, his first couple uh, couple shows, amazing, um, but of course. If you're going to satire American politics, it's not like there's a good guy and a bad guy in American politics. It's two shitty parties performing poorly. And so his satire is equally of Republicans and Democrats and, you know, leave it to the thin-skinned Democrats to now they're big mad and they're like, show John Stewart, I don't know if he's up to running this Daily Show anymore, man. Like, I don't know, man. It's like, why? Because if you point out that that Trump is, is in mental decline, that that Biden shows equally the same signs of mental decline, and moreover, look at me, and I'm telling you, I'm not even, and, and you know what I mean? Like it, 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 it it's very different the satire brings because he's like, look at me, I look how old I am, look at. Look at what time has done to my face. I shouldn't be here, but I am. And if you were to question my fitness to do this, it would be appropriate. Just like we should have questioned the fitness of 
the men who have the most difficult difficult job in the fucking country. You know what I mean? Like, and and of course Democrats are losing their shit. How could you? <clears throat> you're you're you know it's 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 Biden or or the fall of democracy, and it's like. I don't know if what Biden is doing is democratic. Like, I, I talked in, in brief about the, the, the utter shambles that the primary process is in. I mean, I would argue that the way that Biden got put on the, 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 his, the ticket that he won on wasn't particularly democratic. It had a lot to do with the influence of, of uh, South Carolina. Um, their particular internal uh, state politics and the undue influence that South Carolina has over the 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 rest of um, state politics because a lot of states look to South Carolina as an example in the primaries. And so it was a very strategic thing that he loses four primaries, wins South Carolina, one of the more pivotal ones, and then ends up, you know what I mean? Like it's just, you know, he didn't do that through democratic means. Democratic means were voting against him, and so it's it's just one of those things. Like you know, you can't say that this political situation is support Biden or 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 you're 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 supporting fascism. Biden is the only democratic choice. It's like, no, no, he's not. You know what I mean? It just, he he doesn't represent the democratic values that you're talking about or that people are talking about. And moreover, you can't say that that Trump is the only other answer when there's other people running. Like, it's just, it's it, you know, it's a lack of political imagination. It's a complete... It's a complete departure from what actual democracy would represent. If nobody likes either of the two candidates, why won't anyone even talk about the third candidate? Like, it's just, it's like, you know, people really need to sit down and, and, and dig deep about, like, the way they're going to interfere. And I'm, I'm not saying people in general. I'm talking about the 35% of the voting public. If you're going to participate in voting, I think you should sit down and dig deep about your interface with that voting system because a lot of the ideas just are very undemocratic. Trump is a felon, non-starter. Biden shows significant cognitive de uh, decline, not a non-starter. There is a very uh, 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 lively and, and active third-party candidate in Cornell West, and nobody even talks about it. And it's like, you know, of all the, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just think that the the complete and utter uh, uh, recalcitrance to at least attempting to do something different by a large portion of the voting public is part of the m main issues uh, uh, of this country. But anyway, back to the topic at hand i know i've gotten a little bit far off of that john stewart you know on his show i think comes back to i think amazing uh 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 uh, uh fanfare and and great 
commentary only to be to be lambasted by the left because he very rightfully says that both of these both of these uh, 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 candidates are are looking to set age records that only they had uh, 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 broken in four years prior to this current election. Like, they're both the oldest, and they were the oldest last time they ran. Like, it's, you know, if, if we're not... The idea that people in their 80s shouldn't be questioned for their cognitive capacities is wild. It's wild. It's wild to me. Because, I mean, I've seen people in their 60s decline cognitively. You know what I mean? Like, and people in their 80s who have had stressful lives and who have, dist- and, and who have uh, uh, displayed signs of, of cognitive decline were supposed to just walk, walk away from that? I don't know, man. I, I think it's in poor taste. I think it, it, it's, once again, one of the many moments that I believe should reveal to the public who the Democrats are, you know what I mean, or who li- most liberals who participate in this conversation are. They're disingenuous on the face of it. You know what I mean? But yeah, dude, I really enjoyed um his return. I think he did a great job uh, uh satiring the the current state of affairs right now. Um, you know, uh he did a whole segment on guns, you know, right as, you know, this whole thing went down. I guess uh the Kansas City Super Bowl parade was struck by gun violence and you know, condolences out to the the, the person and who passed away and their family. But yeah, you know, it's like, you know, none of these things in particular are are being even covered in a genuine manner outside of the political satire of uh, of John Stewart. That's a shame, you know. That I I think that the American journalistic uh, uh, industry is. It, you know, they're going to find that this point in their history is going to be noted by very few people carrying integrity on their back. You know, and that's 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 bad for the journalistic industry, but it's bad for everyone. You know, unfortunately, journalism is one of those professions that is so pivotal to the functioning of society at large that when when it struggles and it doesn't have good periods, we all suffer from that, you know. And this is an environment when we're increasingly having more and more, you know, manure and minutia shoveled into the information sphere. You know, we need good journalistic reporting, and that's just not. It's not. It's not going to happen, you know. But we, you know, at least the comedians are taking up the the mantle to try to deliver us something that is at least uh, heartfelt. But you know. I, that just—I really just think that uh, that is emblematic of some of the bigger issues with American society at large. That I think will have to be addressed if this society ever wants to make "quote unquote" progress. You know, from what it is to what it could be. But yeah, uh, moving on from that, 
Dude, did you hear this shit that, um, you know, we're in, you know, Black History Month? And, and while I believe that African-American history in particular is American history, I, I think that in terms of awareness for a people who can go their whole lives without ever properly interfacing with some of the achievements of black people, um, it's beneficial to spend this time to actually, you know, um, learn. You know, it was... As somebody who grew up in a in a relatively suburban area, my schools didn't properly educate me to African American culture outside of Black History Month. So, if something is better than nothing, then I I think that it's ultimately a good thing. But um, you are you seeing now in Florida for elementary school kids to participate in Black History Month um curriculum, they have to have like a parent sign off on it. Like it's a field trip for each day or each day that's going to contain a lesson, which is the entire fucking month. It's pretty funny. Bro, I mean, you know, and it just shows the futility of people's thinking sometimes. Like sometimes you, 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 and, and that is the hardest part about being a public servant or trying to do anything in the public sphere, um, whether it's just be a citizen or anything. What, or be a public servant, the hardest part about dealing with other people is the fact that you will deal with people who will think in futile ways. You will, if you have to work with other people who you don't get to choose, you're just going to work with people in the public, you got to be prepared to be deal with people who will think about things that are particularly important to you in the most futile and inane ways. And 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 you got to learn how to square that circle, whatever it is for you, because everyone deals with that differently. But boy, oh boy. These people, like, of all the educational issues in Florida, which I would be more than happy to sit down and enumerate, the fact that this is what they've mobilized to get executed across the state because... It's not just a few people who are testing. It's not like, oh, no, it's just these people in this one conservative county. No, 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 no. People across the state are experiencing this. The fact that they can mobilize to that level around that something that stupid, just at, at that point, you have to figure out how to get whatever you need out of that system without ever having to interface with those people because their thinking is completely futile. And that's not what you, you know, and that's a terrible place to be in in a supposedly first world country and organized society. It's yeah. a terrible place to be. They're working hard to keep people stupid. Yo, my, yo, let me tell you, man. Ugh. It, it is painful to watch. As somebody who, who enjoyed my academic journey, like, Realize, like, no, knowing things is, is definitely the right way to go, but knowing things is a very complex endeavor. You only know what you know until you learn better. Like, knowledge is a growing thing. You have to be open to new thoughts, all of these things. Like, someone who takes that very seriously, watching the state of this country, boy, ooh. Yeah, no, it, it, is, it is depressing. It's depressing. 
because it doesn't have to be this way. It's a, it definitely feels like a choice. But yeah, I mean, I can't believe that Florida schools are literally turning Black History Month into a fucking a permission-based fucking thing. Like it's not core curriculum anymore. Like, but I mean, it, it, not to say that it shouldn't have been expected. It's just depressing that they that they actually went there. That they that, that the state at large is actually on side uh, on the side with this. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't doubt that one bit. I don't doubt. I don't doubt that that shit got like overwhelming support. You know what I mean? Um, it's just, it's just, there. It's such a deeper uh, issue too culturally, because of how diverse the Florida population is. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like it was just a bunch of racist white people. No. It was also a bunch of probably a small community of 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 uh you know black people who are very self-hating probably a significant community of of latino people who came over and who have emigrated and and gotten their citizenship and they want to close the door behind them you know like it, it's it's a very complex issue but yeah i the 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 freezing out of black history and is just one of many ways that I think that they want to invalidate black culture because they and and you see it all the time they they try to equate it to violence and over sexualization all these things and it's like you know the demonization of black culture really isn't the way to go and 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 it's a shame because I as I said I think black culture is american culture you ain't getting away from it you know but yeah that was a uh, that th- that's a sad one to see, but yeah, let's uh let's move on from that. Uh, man, you know, the uh if you don't if you're not aware, um, Trinidad and Tobago has a ton of oil, um, reserves under uh their section of the Car- uh, Caribbean Sea, and so, you know, they you know they've been uh, a relatively uh, high-producing uh, oil nation for quite some time now. And, you know, unlike a, a lot of American companies that extract oil that just, like, pretty much try to destroy everything in its path to get to the oil, you know, a lot of these island nations, um, like Trinidad and Tobago, have tried to participate in this extractive industry of, of oil production in a less destructive way. But recently, they just had um, an oil tanker uh, overturn off of their coast, and it's not looking good. Trinidad, Trinidad and Tobago is about to be in for some bad times because the amount of oil that was released out into the water, first of all, I don't think that they're going to be willing to do like what America did when they had the um the Gulf oil um spill where they were like just putting chemical dispersants in that shit, evaporate, doing all kinds of wild shit. They're going to have to deal with that oil off their coast for a long time. And I only mention this story to say that there are some industries that there's no 
quote unquote healthy way to participate in them. As much work as the uh, the Tobago government puts into trying to execute their oil industry in the least destructive way as possible, just through participating in this industry, you've opened yourself up to massive environmental disaster. And it really sucks because I don't know if they have the resources to, to handle a spill of the size. Um, and given the options available, if they were to go to larger powers to try to help them, they're probably going to encourage them to do something that will have long-term negative ramifications on their environment. It's like, man, that really sucks. And so I just wanted to point out, like, yeah, you know, we really need to attempt some form of energy transition away from oil extraction. Oil extraction just is no longer... It's it you know it's not something that we can do without taking seriously the long term negative ramifications it has on our environments that we live in, you know. But yeah, that 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 was a rough one to see. But um, here we'll we'll wrap up with this because um it was just a little something that I noticed in the coverage of what's been going on in uh, Gaza and the West Bank, and. Now, just I am interminably an optimist. I I can't help it. I'm I despite my malcontent with the vast majority of things of happening that's happening. It doesn't mean that I'm not looking for positive out of it. And now, when I've been listening to the rhetoric coming out of the White House when it comes uh, to Netanyahu and the military campaign in Palestine right now, it seems to be softening to some degree. Now, yes, this is rhetoric. This is in actions. And when I say softening, it's a movement on part of the stance, not the whole stance. But that is still something I think that is super important to pay attention to because when America, well, when the American uh, spokesperson is very staunch against something and they've, they have laid down a, a, uh, an ideological stance, it's very rare they move from it. It's very rare they, they move from it even when they're wrong, even when no one agrees with them. And so when they do choose to do that, it's a preempt for some form of strategy into the future. And so the rhetoric that civilian casualties do matter and the even the idea that the current civilian, civilian casualty count is too high, that's a, that's a huge step. Away from Israel is infallible, and how dare you even say anything against them? That's a step. And so I think it is important to note. I hope that it's a portent into 
the American politicians finally realizing that this staunch stance on the side of genocide is untenable. They will lose whatever political uh, validity or consent of the government they have at home if they maintain that stance. And that this is the first of many steps to move us away from that footing in our international policy. But yeah, I just wanted to point that one out. Hopefully that leads to some secession of violence towards the Palestinian I, the Palestinian people. I feel deeply for them. The images are tragic. The situation is beyond horrific. And so, yeah, you know, I, 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 I know that there's very little to be done, or, for, you know, on a personal level. But um, I would hope that that movement uh, on this stance of the American government would be one that is, you know, writing on the walls for a more peaceful resolution to whatever's happening there. That's, you know, and then that's as hopeful as one could be. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, the situation is of the utmost dire condition to begin with. So, yeah. Alrighty. We'll go ahead. We'll wrap up on that note. Hope you guys did enjoy the show. If you did, please feel free to subscribe. You can find us on anchor.fm and and on patreon.com you can also find us on the social media on twitter at korea underscore t and at home heron you can also find us on instagram at heron's home podcast and at heron's homies and you can find me on instagram at rico gbo and always remember guys time's only wasted if you choose to waste it so learn from your mistakes it's the only thing you ever truly will learn from thanks again for joining us and have a great one peace out take it easy